What's it like right now, man? This is you could feel the energy this past weekend at the past week at Wrigley Field. What's it like for you guys to be right in the middle of this thing? Yeah, it's been a great run. I think the you know the atmosphere at Wrigley this time of year uh, is always great. But to, you know to have that home stand that we had, a um, couple big series wins, uh, and being right in the mix, it's been it's been an awesome uh, time to be part of the Cubs organization. I think you know this team has played well all season. Obviously, underperformed um, the record to the to the insulary stats, but I think this is you know what we all thought uh, it could look like all year. I love the takes. I love the number of pitches seen, not just yours, but in each of these at-bats, watching Swanson work somebody over, watching the, the development of Christopher Morell, and hearing sort of the support that comes from the dugout. From, it's, not, it's more than just accepting walks right now, that it's become, it's become sort of exquisite watching you guys do it. And, and the death by a thousand cuts of an opposing starter or an opposing staff and the, what it does in the first game of a series sometimes to do that, that that's, it, to me, it's something that doesn't really get a lot of... It's not the sexiest thing in the world, but it's really important. Yeah, it's huge. And I think we, um, we've done a good job of that. Obviously, we have guys that have really patient at-bats um, throughout the lineup, um, see a lot of pitches, Morell's done a great job, especially in some big spots of working big three-two walks and and accepting that. Um, Candelario is a, a, he's an exceptional uh, patient at bat. He always looks under control. Um, and when you have that top to bottom, um, you know, for for most of the lineup, it's it's a huge way um, to drive up pitch count to get guys on base. And if somebody's struggling to find the strike zone to not bail them out. I think we've done a really good job of that recently. You brought up Candelario. What do you think he does for not just the lineup of your team overall? Um, he does a lot. I mean, he lengthens the lineup, of course. Uh, he He's, like I said, he's patient at bat. He's, you know, tough to argue. He started eight for nine. That's pretty good. Uh, but, you know, he plays – First and third gives us flexibility, obviously, with Bellinger being able to pop between center and first, Candy between first and third, uh, Tottenham between center and right. Like, you have all of those options now, um, and it allows us to just be kind of deeper uh, all in. And the way the lineup's constructed right now, you know, we have kind of the, the top three guys, and then you have to get through um, Bellinger, Swanson, um, Candy and you know even sometimes Candy's hitting seven. So when you guy have, we have a guy with an eight fifty OPS in the seven hole, uh, it's pretty strong. Is the pressure any different? Like, can you feel it? Where look, you guys have had a couple of seasons where winning—I I don't want to say wasn't the priority, but it wasn't maybe possible. This year, winning is possible, and and I think that even some of the choices that that Rossi has made over the last couple of days speaks to being desperate for wins and winning. How does that manifest inside of a clubhouse or for a player? No, I, I think we have a lot of guys who are who are used to playing at this time of year when when the stakes are really high. And with a lot of guys who have won championships, we have a lot of guys who have played on teams that have continuously gone to the postseason. So there's a ton of experience and what that looks like. Um, and you know that's super helpful for the entire group because there there are some guys who are younger and haven't been in this spot, but it's easy to lean on guys who have been there over and over. 
Um, and it's a really calm atmosphere in the clubhouse because we all know, you know, what has to be done. And we all understand that it's not what's at the end of 162. It is day by day. It is doing the right things. It's continuing with your process and your work because, you know, it, it's, it's getting to that point, but we have 50 games left. So it's not, it's not tomorrow and it's, it's going out and it's playing, um, the same branded baseball day in and day out and being okay with that. You look better right-handed lately and the results have been there too. Did you make any tweaks? Uh, you know, I don't know how, how recently you're talking about lately, but you know, it's been pretty good. Um, kind of since mid, uh, I don't know, mid May. Um, you know, the, there was some stuff that I did in spring training, um, or was trying to do in spring training, uh, to, elevate the ball a little bit more you know i hit the ball really hard last year had a little bit of good luck and um didn't quite put up the production i thought i could from the right side from a power standpoint um and tried some stuff in spring that was probably probably shouldn't have done um you know and and struggled a little bit out of the shoot um which also happens from time to time uh switch hitting you just sometimes you don't get enough at bats early on or or you have a little spell where um you know, I, I kind of spotted, I kind of spotted the league a little bit there. I think it started over twenty or something, and you know, wasn't feeling right. Um, and made some tweaks in mid May just to get back to the stuff that that I know had worked the last couple of years and that I felt confident. In. Um, kind of from that point on, it's been really good. Cliff Floyd had noted something during the marquee pregame on Sunday. He mentioned something about your back foot, your your back leg at the plate. Is he is he right about that? What does he see? I'm I'm not exactly sure what he said. Do you have more context? No, that was that was all I noticed. He he said specifically that he saw something about the way that your your back leg was was getting set or was preparing you to start down into your swing. So that's that's I'm, one pro yeah. hitter. Yeah, there, there's you know I don't, if you guys have ever watched Nolan Arenado hit, you know, no one's constantly moving his feet, um, and it's kind of. Chris, Chris Taylor does the same thing. It's kind of like stepping into your back foot um, was something that I kind of started to do uh, a couple of years ago that got me into my rhythm right-handed because um, I can get, I could get a little stagnant back there. Uh, and actually, occasionally it turns into like almost stepping forward. Um, I'm not trying to do it. It just happens. So instead of like no one, I think, steps back, I think Chris Taylor steps back into it. Um, you know, sometimes I'll kind of even my back foot moves a couple inches forward as I'm getting into my, into my set. Um, I actually had Chris Faleka, who's the hitting coach now with the, with the Indians or the guardians. Um, he, he, I'm taking BP and he goes, do you know you're stepping forward? And I go, listen, man, I don't know what's going on down there, but it's working. So I'm not going to think about it. I'm just going to, I'm just going to let it ride. Ian, what happened to that play at third base with you yesterday? Yeah, it was a situation, you know, that's that's a play where, you know, the right thing to do is just slide into the bag. Um, I got a really good jump on that ball, two outs. Uh, I, as I'm rounding second, you know, I didn't think Ortega was going to throw the ball to third because I had it beat by so much. Um, Lindor is yelling for him to throw it to second. Uh, I got kind of got caught in between where I was a little too close to the bag to slide um without jamming something up uh and tried to go in standing up kind of slipped over top of the bag and and was past it um pretty pretty frustrating um 
pretty frustrating thing there uh, to go in and, and, you know, we could have had second and third with two outs with Dansby up at the plate and, and to get us out of that inning, it's just, it's a little sloppy and, you know, pride myself on, on being a, a diligent base runner and not how it's supposed to look at this level. I saw a statistic, it was a graphic during a game that says you are ranking near the top in among all left fielders in holding guys to singles, of being able to chase something down, being able to cut it off and quickly get it back in. How much of that is your route to the ball once you realize it's going to be a single and how much is just the transfer and an accurate throw? Yeah, it's a combination of a lot of things. You know, we do a lot of work, um, me and, and Willie Harris, at the start of series, seeing how the ball's going to ricochet off different parts of the wall off of, especially down the line. A lot of these parks will kick back into play um, down the line. So it's having an understanding for where that ball is going to go before it, it, it's uh, it's actually making that ricochet. And some of it's my infield days. So some of it's being able to, to redirect quickly um, and then, you know, understanding that there's a play to be had at second base. And so, you know, I really pride myself on that. It's important um, from a, for the game, especially with some of the pitchers that we have, if you can hold that guy in first base and keep the double play in order. Like it's such a big part of, of playing the outfield. Um, and, you know, I've done a really good job of that. What's the difference between Bellinger playing center field and Talkman playing center field for you? Um, that's a good question. Um, I, you know, I think they both played in a little bit different ways. Um, you know, both those guys go get it really well. Um, and I think that, um, we, we all communicate really well out there. We do a good job of understanding where each other are at, um, and, and, and really having a feel for that. I think, you know, both guys, uh, move well, they position themselves well. And so, it's pretty seamless when we're going back and forth. With the front office showing some some trust here, and you guys forced their hand, which I think is the really cool part. Um, in my mind, I imagine you guys had like the cardboard cut out of Jed, like Rachel Rachel Phelps, and and <laughs> nobody wants to see that. No one wants to see a naked Jed, like take the pieces off as you win games. Well, I actually know a couple people who might, but but <laughs> not for the purposes of this conversation. Yes, but I, yeah. I mean. How how cool is it that the team kind of got to decide what direction this team was going to go in? I mean, we played really good coming into the break, which is obviously huge. But I think what's lost a little bit is that you know Jed's the architect of this team. Jed is the one that put this together. Um, so as much as it's a statement in confidence in, in us, it's a statement in confidence in what he did to start the season. You know, he put this group together with a trust and belief in what we could do. You know, he went out and signed Dansby and he's been unbelievable, right? He's, you know, top, was he top shortstop in war or top two in war? And, you know, Bellinger has been fantastic. Like Jed put all of this together. And so, as much as it's, uh, you know, trust in us, it's a trust in, in what he's been able to do as well. And you know, bullpen's really been fantastic last couple of months. Obviously, starting pitching's been good all year. And this lineup is is showing, you know, what we're capable of. And so, you know, I kudos to, to him and, and the front office group for, you know, putting everybody together and then, you know, identifying at the deadline how we could get better. And obviously, the candy move has been great. Um, 
and and it's it's looking like a well-oiled machine right now. Can, can you like like did you know about the story of Jed watching all of the video of Dansby Swanson? Did you no. hear this story? So no, so I Jed haven't. Jed apparently was dealing with COVID. And while he was dealing with COVID in the offseason, he was in stuck in a hotel room and he watched every ground ball that Dansby Swanson took in Atlanta. Well, that was probably a fun talking about binge watching, right? Well, I I think what is is really maybe underappreciated is for a long time, Atlanta's surface has been one of the most challenging surfaces in the big leagues. Why? And it just it doesn't play all that true. There's a lot of a lot of bad hops, a lot of kind of weird. Um, just, I think just because of the weather down there, how much rain they get, how much um, you know, humidity and heat, and and the challenges that they have to go through. So for him to be as good as he was there on that surface, um, you know, if you kind of one of the sayings is if you can. If you could do it there, you could do it anywhere. And Wrigley's so fantastic and so true. And Giermeyer's done an unbelievable job with that surface. Um, and watching him play every day, um, you know, I get I have a pretty good seat um, from right behind him. It, it's it's incredible how smooth he is. Um, the patience he handles, funky hops in such a good way. His ability to go to his backhand is is incredible, and he just he makes it all look so easy. So I need your help with something that the more I think about it, the more it it's burgeoning into a kind of existential crisis. Oh. And I've realized my phone now corrects the word happy to hap. I love that. And well, see, I don't know, though. This is the thing. You might love it. Sure. Because it just means that, like we're texting each other. When's it coming on with this this week, this week? And it's all the, the work group chat stuff. But then I realized, what does it say? Am I not saying, like, happy birthday to people enough? Am I not – what does it say about me that I'm not using that word enough? Am, 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 is it somehow a deficiency on my part that my phone now corrects – if I say, hey, you know, happy birthday or happy anniversary, that no, 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 it's capital H-A-P-P. You're wishing that person a happy anniversary. Well, it's probably a combination of uh... – our fantastic relationship and how long we've been doing this. And also that your vocabulary is so strong that you don't have to use the word happy that much. <laughs> well, that's a very generous interpretation. Man, Ian, you, you're my new therapist. You're man. being a lot nicer to him than Rossi was last week. 